looking at? The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Hey, Discovering Trek listeners, Sarah and Casey here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. We two connoisseurs of the best food selections in the commissary are back to chit-chat about yet another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for Sarah, and it's a rewatch for me. Today, we're talking about Silent Enemy. This episode originally showed up on the airwaves or on your cable box almost 20 years ago on January 16th, 2002. So, if in the last two decades you haven't watched this episode, please do. Because we're not going to be silent about the plot of this episode. You can put us on pause, go fire up Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, Netflix, physical discs, whatever it takes, and watch this episode. And then come on back here and listen to us get the ingredients all together for our birthday sugar rush. We hope you've enjoyed our non-warning, spoiler warning. Let's get to it. Right. Before we discuss Silent Enemy, we want to take this moment to remind you that we like to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on everything Enterprise. So how can you all get in touch with us to share your thoughts on this first season of Star Trek Enterprise? Well, Sarah, if they want to talk to us about Enterprise, we got options. So many options. <laughs> you got Ooh, options, kid. plethora of ways listeners can get a hold of us, chat with us, do whatever. You can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and find a variety of ways to give us your thoughts, ideas, or questions. Twitter, Facebook, all you have to do is search for Discovering Trek and message us there. Ravens have been retired. You can also leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on the big blue button. Remember, though, any comments you leave, we might use them in future episodes of Discovering Trek. And then... Well said. Oh, thank you. It's as if I it's oh, as if I wrote time. it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like you're reading from a script. Turn page. Okay. So. <laughs> emphasis. Emphasis. Mm. All right. Oh. Yeah. Well, what are, what are you thinking here, Sarah? First, I have a question. Okay. Would you consider quiche to be pie? I think if you cut anything in triangles, it can be pie. Sure. It's. And it's, it's in, in a, a shell. shell. It kind of has a Off crust. Uh, it has a filling. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm going to give this episode three slices of pie. I'm going to give it three slices of pineapple pie. Oh. Um, I, <laughs> you did see, watch the episode. I, I, I paid <laughs> I paid attention. That, but the the reason I only give it three is because that's the only plot line that I followed. <laughs> I was, I put this episode on while I was making jewelry, and mm. what that says to me is that the only thing that captured my attention enough to take away from what I was working on was the scenes where Hoshi was doing her thing. So I think that says something about her 
acting or her story or that story and how uninterested I was in the other thing. I had to go back and read the synopsis on track four. <laughs> wow. Okay. This should be an interesting discussion today then because I give four slices of any type of pie right now. I'm I'm full from breakfast, so no pizza pie. This would just be a a very delectable Dutch apple. Uh, the four slices. Um, I found the other plot line, the one that I was most intriguing for. I love a mystery. Um, so that kind of for me saved this episode because the A and B plots are so different, and trying to wedge them together in one episode uh, felt very ping pong-ish for me. It was like emotionally back and forth of what mm. the heck is going on. But uh, good. We'll have some good discussion on this. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here's comes the recap that everybody just keeps dying for each week because we do it so amazing or each every other week or every third of the month or I don't know, mm-hmm. quarterly. Do people like the rhyme? Because I know that we've dug ourselves a hole with the season <laughs> one. And then you said loudly, I will not do rhyming for season two. But if we get like a thousand <laughs> tweets about it, we will oh, do. Uh, <laughs> Let's put the pressure out there to get some uh, social okay, media action. You're right. if, if people tweet us after this, this ep- hashtag rhyme oh, season God. two. <laughs> But we we have okay, so we have to get a thousand. Is that the number? Okay, so yeah. if we get a thousand, I will retract, revoke my no way in hell. Are we doing this again? Oh, oh, yeah. Are you listening, people? You have to tweet at Trek at Discovering Trek and use the hashtag Rhyme oh. Season Two. <laughs> and if we get a thousand, oh. I I liked you. <laughs> It's not going to happen. We'll get like 40, like. Okay. So we'll what's, like what's the, so is it, it has to hit a thousand or is there a minimum threshold? It's got to be over. Okay. It's got to be oh a thousand. God. The good thing more. is I don't know a See? thousand. So I don't know a thousand people. So. No, there's not even a thousand people on Twitter. I don't, I don't think. It's mostly bots. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way there's a thousand people on Twitter. You're insane. Oh no my way. God. All right. Uh, well, news. let's get this. <sighs> over with ah here here is our recap it's a big one i'm scrolling through it and i'm like you this is why you struggle with it you set yourself up and you write yourself a massive manifesto I, this is impressive well, I'm, we'll get to it here we here. go after the successful launching of space amplifier echo 2 a mysterious green ship works in out of the blue archer says hi who are you and thanks for dropping by He's met with dead silence, and the ship flies away, and Archer can't figure out why. The captain secretly calls Earth to find out if Malcolm has a favorite food. Malcolm's parents seem a bit distant, unaware, but not rude. Instead of having Hoshi complete her work on the transceiver array, Archer orders a culinary investigation, even if it takes all day. Trip gets a Dear John letter from Pensacola Natalie in outer space. He wishes he could have said goodbye to her face to face. While walking and talking with Porthos and Tucker, the silent aliens return to scan and attack. Those sneaky f- We're traveling back to Earth. Captain's orders for the trip. The crew begin building phase cannons to protect the ship. As Hoshi continues her food-finding mission, she tries to get Malcolm to see what he enjoys most from the kitchen. 
The silent visitors follow Enterprise and attack again, busting up almost all the ship's systems and scanning two crewmen. The crew work around the clock to fix this and that. Tucker and Reed have a Jeffrey's tube spat. Archer gets contemplative about his rush to get the ship launched and all the crew he puts in harm's way. Trip reminds him of the courage of past astronauts. Without risk, grounded on Earth, they would stay. Hoshi and the doctor look in Reed's medical files. They get a clue of a food he likes, bringing forth great big smiles. The face cannons built and ready to test fire do some serious damage and cause quite the quagmire. The aliens left a secret device in the shuttle bay. Archer blows it up and taunts the aliens. So, you want to play? With an overload of the new cannons blasting with massive heft, the alien vessel takes heavy damage and exits stage left. Archer decides no Jupiter station, no matter what it takes. And we end with Malcolm having pineapple in his birthday cake. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. Over and above. Good, (laughs) sir. Over and above. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, this, this episode got me thinking a lot. Now, maybe you not as much because, hey, I think we've, we, this will be very interesting. We flip flop on the, the plot points here. So in transporter thoughts, what did you like, I guess the best about the, the Hoshi Reed plot? Um, I thought it was interesting and relatable because I don't see why it's such a big deal that he likes to be private and it, it seems to be a thing where she's kind of like, bugging him about it and like really and it it, it just it added a mystery to his character that i thought was really interesting mm-hmm. because i found that his character has been quite just kind of there yeah and you don't really know much about him you don't really know how to read him and so then you kind of like you see his parents and i felt like there was so much learned about him just based on that little bit of information you get from the parents and yeah it was a, it was a personal touch that i was like actually interested by for some reason whereas the other stuff that was going on i just felt like i was like okay it's just another star trek mystery in space of aliens and ships and shooting and it just didn't capture me for some reason and i don't know why i gotcha okay i read um some reviews and things from years back on this episode and i caught some interesting stuff where some people thought that maybe this was a first indication that reed might be a closeted gay man and oh. doesn't want to tell anybody. And part of the reason of like not going into the Navy, as his dad has said, all the others have done, that he just he wanted to get away from mm-hmm. from the family. Um, so after reading that, I thought, okay, well, hey, for future episodes, this could be very interesting mm-hmm. to see if this this theory has you know any hold. Or not. I kind of like, you know, at the beginning, we get we get a start of little callbacks, little world building. You know, the Echo subspace amplifier system was first mentioned in Fortunate Sun, as was the comet from Breaking the Ice. Um, so we're, I think this is where really we don't have any season-long arcs that, you know, really are, are happening. But we're getting little tidbits here. And I think that's one of the frustrating frustrating things about this series is choose. Are you are you gonna re- refer to things? Are you know circumstances from one episode gonna have an effect on following or, mm-hmm. or not? It'd be very interesting. What 
go go for it. You had a you have a thought. I can see I, a, I feel like if I was to take the first 12 13 episodes that we've watched and I was to be given like a task of like here's a deck of 52 cards and we're going to put words mm-hmm. on the back of them and you're just going to throw them in the air and just grab five and those are going to be the episode like it's just out of it's like a puzzle that's out of sequence i find with this series Mm -hmm. um and that isn't necessarily a bad thing because it kind of shows me that the things that are capturing my attention are the things that don't capture Mm -hmm. my attention in other series um i think that i don't know how to say this without sounding really kind of like but i think some of the mistakes that they've made have Mm -hmm. made it interesting because their bad attempt an emotional development and character development is actually kind of interesting to me because it's giving me a bit of a, I want more. I'm like, I, uh-huh. I, I watch it. And I'm like, you're doing it wrong. That's not, that's, that's ridiculous. And it's like, Oh, but that's actually interesting that that's what's getting me. And I think it's just because it's, it's, it's one of so many series that's in the Star Trek world where I'm like, I'm not, I don't care about the ships and the, the fancy technology stuff and the aliens. Like I'm kind of more interested in the people. And maybe that's because I'm doing a Deep Space Nine rewatch, which is so big on mm-hmm. the people and the emotions and the relationships that I'm, maybe I'm looking for it here and I'm seeing it badly, but not, but not badly. It just awkward. I gotcha. It's awkward. I, yeah. It totally makes sense because I think, you know, with season one here, there were established writers who had done Trek before. Right. And then the producers brought in, wanted to, well, let's get some different blood, people who haven't. And so yeah. you can see certain, this weird trying to mesh mm-hmm. of writers who know what the network wants. <laughs> Yeah. In 45 minutes. And then these other people going, well, hey, let's try this or let's try that. And seeing, like you're saying, what is successful? What isn't successful? What is mm-hmm. kind of middle ground of like, well, that that could have been interesting if that had continued to go on. Because yeah. there's certain things like in here with, the you know, the the Natalie from, from Pensacola who, you know, okay, he's, they're, they're breaking up, but there's no emotional anything because this is the first we've heard of this character yeah. and this is where i had thought boy if maybe in some of these previous episodes or they say hey we got some messages from home and this or that and just it could be a throwaway line mm-hmm. of somebody going you know hey hey trip you got another message from natalie or right. something like that so that there's like oh there is a build to the relationship, give it some emotional weight. That'd be kind of cool. What do you think of, okay, I, I go on this, I go, as soon as the first attack happens on the ship, I'd be like, screw finding out what Malcolm's favorite anything is. It doesn't matter. And I found that whole plot line I think would have been fun in a, a, and really good from my point of view in a different episode where oh, yeah. we don't have these such teeter-totter Extreme. different things. Yeah. Yes. Because then it's like, hey, Hoshi should be working on anything possible communication-wise. Oh, yeah. Because- That's her know, job. That's her <laughs> job. We, we got the few seconds of the scan of some information. And my thinking is, hell, really, the, the find out about the favorite food thing should have been given to Dr. Flox right off the bat. Yeah. This guy, he would eats love that. Off, right. He eats off everybody's plate, trying all this different kind of food has a great rapport with everybody seems to have, you know, 
some time on his hands. And it's like, okay, Hoshi does the business he's supposed to do. And then the doctor gets something else to do and and grow that. So yeah, like you said, the extremes of the plot lines here, I almost felt like whiplash between the scenes. Here's a question for you. What do you think the aliens wanted? I don't know, because this is not something that we've encountered before that I know of in other Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're going to see it again in this series. So I I really don't know what they want. Obviously, they were not friendly. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm assuming that that's probably how they've behaved with other species that are out there. So people might have a better grasp of it. I have a feeling it's not the last we're going to hear of them. Um, I don't know what they want. I think they wanted to know who are these guys? Who are these humans? This is new. I don't know this ship. Like, just mm-hmm. we're going to take what you got. Or pirates, space pirates. I don't know. What do you think? I I found it a bit confusing because I like when they scan the two crew people, and I'm like, why why are they scan? Like, what information mm. are they gathering? Mm-hmm. So all these you know hit and runs beforehand, and I was seeing it go well. Maybe you know we're setting up yet another possible villain mm, for the in this future thing, for the future and maybe this goes to maybe this goes to the how television was being made in those days uh, but okay you're, you're setting yourself up for all these possibilities early but there's so many mm-hmm. so n- now we've got yet another po- i mean gosh you know the enterprise crew have ticked people off on multiple planets by finding things that they're not supposed to be doing and exposing that. And so then here's a whole nother species that where something might happen. Um, so I, in, in some ways I find them a bit just being generic villain, but, but in a very mysterious way of where you kind of, you don't show them too much. You don't give too much information. You, you don't give reasoning. They're mm-hmm. just doing these things. So, you know, like Jaws or, or like the original Halloween, these killing machines, no rhyme or reason. So nobody's safe. You never know when, it, when something's going to happen. And yeah, it'd be amazing if certain stuff were out of the blue, <laughs> they come back and they're like, oh, we've, we've scanned these humans. We know exactly what to do to kill them. Because they do that little manipulation of archers, you know, looking into the camera. Hey, we're not afraid of you. And they manipulate his words around and it's like... Yeah, you you can't defend yourself. Mm-hmm. We're gonna come. We're gonna come get you. Um, you you blew it. But then getting into all this with Archer, I've read a, a bunch of stuff and heard things where some people think Archer is very wishy washy in his decision making. Do you think mm-hmm. he's wishy washy, or and this could just be semantics of words, or is he consistently one hundred percent behind whatever decision he makes? until he gets new information and then makes a new decision. I think he's impatient. Okay. So as a result, that can show itself in his inability to assess so that his decision is the final decision and it's one. Like he'll he'll jump the gun and and then it can come off as wishy-washy because he hasn't taken the time to think about it or get the facts or get the opinion or have the meeting with the people. Like he'll just he thinks that he can fly by the seat of his pants, but he can't. He's not experienced enough. That comes after another 10 years of doing what he's doing. This is still new stuff. He's a baby out there. I, I gotcha. I I hear you. 
I I go to the I think this character thinks action is literally action instead mm -hmm. of hey my first action here could be to think about the entire situation process what what's come in and and so very reactive to me of and this is where I see his character being the ping pong ball instead of the paddle right and it's like oh no you're you're just reacting to where you're hit as opposed to being uh, in control. And yeah, you know, even trying to humanize everything going on, you know, the, the beers at the end of, Hey, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. y'all did it. We didn't have to go to Jupiter station. We're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to be here. And then, you know, surprise with, with a cake. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Hey, yeah, you almost got destroyed again, um, yeah. you know, a few minutes ago. Maybe hold off on the cake a little bit or... Maybe you should go to Jupiter Station to warn the humans that you guys have been scanned by a potential threat and maybe the planet isn't safe. Like, can you can you go have a right? briefing with somebody about what's going on? Like, Right. I mean, it, I think it's Hoshi who says, hey, well, at least, you know, we went back a ways. We can redeploy the Echo mm -hmm. Arrays to do like what you're talking about. But yeah, there's a very just in the moment, in the moment decision-making. Yeah. Speaking you, of decision-making, oh. people have to make a decision about what they're going to buy. <laughs> I'm talking fan sets. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like that segue? I'm still awake. I've I'm, I'm got this. <laughs> Discovering Trek listeners, we want to thank our friends over at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. The Fansets crew are always working to put out the best product available and continue to come up with new designs and product releases. There are more wonderful new products out right now. There's, of course, the TOS character and ship pins, pins from all the Trek series, amazing Delta pins, Picard pins, and of course, some amazing non-Trek items like Wonder Woman 84, Lost in Space, Scooby-Doo, and somebody called Ultraman. There are loads of pins and accessories for you at fansets.com. So right after listening to us, go to fansets.com, scroll along all those great pins I just mentioned and more, load up your cart, enter the special code word discovering Trek. It's caps, it's no spaces. If you do it, you get 10% off your entire order at checkout. Also, if you spend more than $3 while in the United States of America, you will get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Ta-da! Someone's been working hard in the kitchen. Who dat? I hope so. What do you I got? hope chef is because my goodness gracious. So if I'm chef, kind of an outsider looking in on things that happen in this episode, find it a little odd maybe here that Archer does not offer Reed's parents an opportunity at all to talk to their son. <laughs> like, And they go, we haven't heard from him from whatever. What's his job? They don't even know his job on yeah. the ship. Well, I mean... I, well, if he doesn't want to talk to his parents and if he's purposely avoiding them, I'd be pretty cheesed if my boss forced it on me by butting his nose into my business. Personally. I would too, but, he, but he's already doing that, trying to find out the oh, whole, well, hey, what's your favorite food thing? So, you know, HR nightmare, right? Archer's decision making on this aren't great anyway. So, of no. course, I would think he'd go, hey, well, you know what? After we find out his food that he loves the best, I'll set up you know, a zoom call for y'all and, and you can get back together. I was really suspecting 
that Archer would do something like that of completely just not fully recognize the signs that parents and son are not that close and oh. just go, you know, or, Hey, I'll even, I'll even try and transport you here as a surprise. You'll probably die because it's way too far away, but you know, we'll go for it. Mm. Um, Painful. That was interesting. Painful. Okay. This crew has been together for a few months now. Okay. Uh, question. Since the commissary seems full all the time here, do other bridge officers or the doctor ever eat with the captain? Is it just to Paul and Trip? I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, it seems like it. Well, because I, I thought about this and I go, a few months into it, I would think maybe knowing a little bit more. Don't have to know everybody's favorite stuff, but if you're working with them that closely, and I, I can't remember the crew number for this size of a ship, but it's not that big and you don't have holodecks. So you, you know, you're doing movies or, or reading or socializing or working. So I keep going, wouldn't there have been at like some kind of, all right, let's have main sections, have, have a get together. Let's have the bridge crew have a get together. Where's the potluck in all of this? What's everybody bringing? You know, this is an interesting thing because I think when it comes to I might be overthinking this, but like a captain would want to maintain some kind of professional distance because you may have to send somebody to their death. So I think that for some captains, there's going to be a a real like Picard style separation from the majority of the folks because it's just for self-preservation. And then Archer's personality doesn't fit that though. So I could see him being more of the type to want to, to get to know his crew, but I think that that's probably part of it is that that when you get to be at a certain level, you just have to kind of maintain a, a distance for your own sanity. Sanity on that. Yeah. Do you do you think Archer, like when he was interviewing people for these positions? I don't think he did. Do you think so? Besides just Hoshi and Trip, they were like, here's your crew. I think that he put together his main crew and then his main crew would probably pull together just like you'd see in any kind of business. You're going to have, you know, like in government, you're going to have the big cheese at the top and they'll hire mm-hmm. the people that are the next rank. And then they'll, hire, it's like a pyramid scheme. Yep. I don't think well, that he had much to do with a lot of the people that were put on a ship. I think the Vulcans probably had more to do with it than, and the people hanging out <laughs> Starfleet, right? Like picking and choosing. See, that makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to me for malcolm mm. there's there's your main armory officer why did you pick him or why did you accept this person and i, I would think in some word this is this is the person in charge of defending your ship because you're going out to where you don't know anything mm-hmm. it'd be probably really good to know their tendencies are, are they hyper hype tense about things or more reflective or or what so that can help dictate how you being in charge, the captain, would do certain things. Because if, if, he's, if he's trigger happy, you know, you constantly have to go, hey, yeah, well, hey, it's somebody new coming. It's okay. Let, let's just see what's happening. Don't, don't arm torpedoes. It's okay. We'll find out. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Right, Dad? Uh, you put in a, a great note in here, which I thought was wonderful. Uh, d- discussing about how unprepared Enterprise really was to go out to space and yeah (laughs) it's ridiculous oh if 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 you could sum up what they're trying to say about humans 
in this series is that we are an impatient Mm. like ridiculous and it's because they're playing it up because it's the beginning and because you really want to see that difference and like the Vulcans are so so yeah. different they may look similar <laughs> but they're so different because humans are still the kind of they want us to see ourselves in them more than how advanced things are with TNG or with Discovery or with or not even really discovery, but like, yeah, just that kind of, you know what I mean? I, like, I got gotcha. just impatient, eager. It's yeah. It's not even it's ready. Interesting. Because I, I saw that in even cool little things with, with the makeup department and wardrobe of how, when everybody's working, you know, 24 hours a day to, Hey, we got to get this stuff working along. We got to have these new face cannons. You can see, you know, a couple of the characters start looking like, oh, they haven't shaved. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't bathed in a while. And, you know, their flight suit isn't as crisp looking as normal. And I was like, okay, well, gosh, if all this time has been going on, however many months out there, and they've had this one prototype, uh, I don't know if it's impatience or if a lack of forethought or what. It's like, well, maybe you would have been doing a lot more work on that system because the torpedoes, they seem to be weak as it is. But yeah, I mm, it just kind of keeps going to, I think it's like, oh, we've got this homework and I don't want to do it. We've got mm-hmm. these, you know, face cans, but I don't want to, which surprises me for the engineers and the armory officer of like, I would think they would be on top of that going oh, hey, all, we've got this prototype. Let's dissect it. Let's check out all the schematics. We've got three ports. Let's build like three, four. Let's build six of these if we can. So we've got spares ready to go. But no, we'll just fly around. We'll see what's happening. We'll do other stuff. Oh my gosh. And while they're doing all that other stuff, boom, our episode ends. And there's, and and, and do, do beer and pineapple cake go well together? No. You don't. Okay. Good all. to know. Good to, <laughs> you, I, you have to have a blue Hawaii with that cake or something like that. You got to be having yourself a little bit more of a tiki tropical rum drink, not beer. Right? Yeah. It was They're like, not having wings. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a really, wouldn't it be funny if like it, it was a very strong ale, taste <sighs> like very bitter. And then he bites into that just super sugary cake. He goes, oh, pineapple used to be my favorite. This tastes like hell. Yeah. Uh, Plotline destroyed. Uh, Ruined. Ruined. Closes up the episode. (laughs) All right. Uh, That does it for our coverage on Silent Enemy. We'll be back next time to discuss Dear Doctor as we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek. If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards, like our annual supporters pins from Fansets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. Thank you all for your support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, 
Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Tribuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tatman. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes so you can hear your name said wrong, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Until the next alien and digestive emergency, chew to beam out. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!